San Francisco Giants, what did you do to my Washington Nationals? Where did you take them and what happened? Because they just did something that they haven't done in over two years. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and you can follow me over on Twitter at RyanClary11, as well as the show page at LO underscore Nationals. Get all your Nationals news and notes right then and there. And we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. You should never forget that. The everydayers out there, you know what I mean. So. let's lay out the land of today's show. Later on, we're going to preview this Rockies national series as the Nationals. You just swept the San Francisco Giants. Now it's time for the Colorado Rockies, a much worse team. This Nationals team should fare well against them. We'll preview that series a little bit later on. Also, Monday, it is a stock report day. Who's been hot and who's been not? I'm going to catch you up on the latest and the best individual performances over the last week or so as far as the Washington Nationals go. You will not want to miss a single thing there. But let's start off with this Nationals team over the weekend. They just did something that they quite literally have not done in over two years. The Nationals just swept the San Francisco Giants in a three-game series in which the Nationals have not swept a three-game series in literally over two years. Literally over two years. Now, I know the Nationals have not been the same since those two years. If you look at the roster then, we swept the Pittsburgh Pirates June 14th through the 16th back in 2021. You know who was on that roster then? Kyle Schwarber, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer. All of those guys... Part of the core of that Nationals World Series team outside of Kyle Schwarber. We're Washington Nationals still. That is how long that we have gone without sweeping a team. I don't care what anyone says. This was the most unimpressive streak I have ever seen from this Washington Nationals team. The fact that you could not find a way to win three straight games in a series sweeping one team over the course of two seasons. Well over, what's 162 times two? Whatever that number is. It has been that long. To break this streak, not only at home, in which this national team has not been very good at home so far this season, to break it at home and also to break it against a National League West team, one of the best divisions in all of baseball, and against the San Francisco Giants, one of the best teams in the National League in my mind. What a win. What a series win. What a sweep. I wouldn't have taken it either other way. Because if you talk about this national team and what they haven't done so far, it's consistently play well. And that's what you're going to get throughout this rebuild. It's never going to be an easy one. It was never supposed to be easy. Growing pains are going to happen. And we've seen a lot of it as this Nationals team, again, has not swept the team since June 14th through the 16th of 2021, and that was against a terrible, 
Pittsburgh Pirates team. I don't care what anyone says. This is impressive. Nonetheless, this is impressive. But the streak and how we got here, to think that over two years, you haven't even swept a team. To kind of think about it this way, the Oakland A's who started off historically bad this year, they even swept the Milwaukee Brewers on the road at one point this season. Teams just luck into this stuff. The Nationals, they haven't been able to over the last two years. And it really kind of goes to show you the youth and the immaturity that we have on this roster when we're talking about baseball players. When we're talking about Kiba Ruiz struggling behind the dish. When you have young and really not so great starting pitching over the last two years. When you have a faulty bullpen with all the blown saves in the world. This is what happens. But now you start to see it pieced together just a little bit. And when we talk about piecing this together, you can't say anything besides talking about the stellar starting pitching performances from all three of the young guys, starting on Friday night with Jake Irvin, who went six and two-thirds. He struck out nine batters, he walked one, and he only gave up five hits and gave up three earned runs in 111 pitches. This could have been Jake Irvin's best start to really get this series going. On Friday night, at home, against a very good San Francisco Giants team, I really had no expectations, and I've talked about a lot with Jake Irvin. I've always kind of thought that he's going to be a bullpen piece. I've always kind of thought in the long run, I don't really think that he's going to be a starter. I think he could be a very good reliever. But please shut me up, Jake Irvin, and which he did on Friday night, delivering one of his best starts of his rookie season, dating back to maybe even game two or game one of his debut, and even then, Davey Martinez let him go. Probably a little too long, if we're being honest, giving up a couple of earned runs there in that last inning. But 111 pitches, someone who is still a rookie, 26 years old, still has a lot to prove, and still has to prove that he could be a starter down the line. That was a much-needed start for Jake Irvin. And now he's starting to piece together a couple of decent starts here and there. That is called development. That is called taking a step in which we have seen for not just pitchers this year. You've seen it with C.J. Abrams. You've seen it with Lane Thomas. And that also has kind of gone into the factor of Mike Rizzo and this development. Because we've always talked about the development when it comes to the major leaguers. You look at Carter Keeboom, someone who was filled with talent from day one entering this system. But as soon as he got up into the major leagues, he didn't really do much. And then he got sent back down. Didn't really do too much. So the whole, the whole thing that we, and me in particular, that I've always complained about, you have all these guys who put up big numbers in the minor leagues, like Jake Irvin. But you don't really see that development at the major league level. It just kind of comes to a stop, and they never really adjust. Luis Garcia could be part of that conversation as well as he hasn't been that great. But even then, it's different. It feels a little different now. And then on Saturday with Josiah Gray, your Nationals All-Star, he comes in and he shoves it again. Seven innings pitch, four strikeouts, three walks, four hits, one earned run, and again, only 87 pitches through those seven innings pitch. Josiah Gray, again, one of his best starts of this season. And we kind of get what we're feeling with as far as this Nationals team goes. If the starting pitching is there, if you have your three-headed monster of a Jake Irvin, Josiah Gray and a Mackenzie Gore. And if they're all pitching well, this is the kind of baseball that the Nationals can play. Because I truly do believe that 
over the last three games, this is some of the best baseball that I have seen this season, dating back to even May when the Nationals were red hot and Lane Thomas lighting the world on fire. Kibet Ruiz was also on fire. All those different things. We haven't really seen that Nationals team until the last few days. And that is huge for development and confidence for all of these guys going forward. And then on Sunday, to really cap it all off, Mackenzie Gore, the hefty lefty. Five innings pitch, eight strikeouts, only two walks, four hits, zero earned runs in 90 pitches. Now, his command wasn't the best still. And that is something that he's going to grow into. He's going to get better at. He's going to develop that and really improve where he hasn't really done that well so far with his command. But when talking about yesterday's start with Mackenzie Gore as well, he catapulted this team into actually sweeping this series. And obviously we can talk about Lane Thomas and his performance yesterday and C.J. Abrams and what he did, especially on his bobblehead night, hitting a home run, having two hits. This Nationals team is starting to turn a corner. Now, they aren't a postseason team. They're not going to be playing in October. We're not going to see a sellout crowd at Nationals Park for game 162 to try to get in the wild card. That ship has already sailed. We know that. But you're starting to see what we want to see, which is development with these young guys. And I think the three starting pitchers, the guys that we really want to look at and evaluate, they carried the Nationals load this weekend. With Jake Irvin, again, going six and two-thirds. Josiah Gray going seven innings pitch. And then Gore going five innings pitch. As he continues to creep up to his career high of innings pitch. That is a huge step in development for all three of those guys. And it's really showed me something that Davey Martinez allowed Jake Irvin to go that late. He allowed Josiah Gray to go seven deep. And with Mackenzie Gore, he had 90 pitches and five innings pitch. You don't really want to rush this guy too much, especially after missing half of last season. So this weekend, the Nationals put their big boy pants on. They said, we're done with the training wheels. I'm ready for the bike. And that's what they did. They swept the San Francisco Giants. And let me reiterate, for the first time in over two years, your Washington Nationals have swept a Major League Baseball team. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first listen. The Nationals play the Rockies tonight at 7.05 Eastern Time. You can catch every pitch of the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. Before we get into this National Stock Report, as I give you the best and the worst individual performances over the weekend, I got to tell you guys about our friends over at Sleeper and Guys. You want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Do you think Luis Garcia can get a home run tonight against the Colorado Rockies? Well, we sure do. And on Sleeper, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 time payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Dynamic payouts are live, and you may ask, what are dynamic payouts? In short, each player projection now has a multiplier attached to it as opposed to a preset multipliers based on the number of legs in a contest. With dynamic payouts also comes more stat categories to place contests on. Use promo code Locked On. you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. 
See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And now let's get into it as we have a Nationals stock report. And it was a pretty good week for a couple of guys. This one was a really tough one to put together. I'm not going to lie, especially, you know, after the sweep and everything that's gone into that. But we start off with what feels like the shoe-in vote here. Stock up for C.J. Abrams and again and again and again. The 22-year-old shortstop continues to prove his stock and really kind of show what he's been made about. Because we've talked about C.J. In the offseason, I wanted to extend him. I've always kind of believed in C.J. Abrams and the prospect that he could be. I think he struggled a lot last year, but he really started to turn it on in the month of September as he got his feet wet. And then it starts in the first half of this year. Let's be honest, it wasn't too great. It was not too great. But what he has done since moving into the leadoff spot, and even before that, you're starting to see why he was such a high prospect, why he was taken in the top 10. And over the last seven games, he's batting 310. He has a 621 slug. He's got two home runs, and he's got four RBIs, and he's stolen just about every single base out there. C.J. Abrams has arrived. This is what we were expecting when we got him at the deadline last year. And I think he was always kind of the forgotten name in that Juan Soto trade because you talk about the flashy names like a James Wood and a Robert Hassel and Mackenzie Gore. But C.J. Abrams, who may not have the personality of those guys, he's not the most outgoing, and he's not going to be giving you everything in the media. But that's kind of what you want from a young shortstop. He doesn't really care about what you say about him. He doesn't really care about what you think about him. He's there to play baseball. He's there to put his cleats on and get hits. And that is what he has done over the course of batting leadoff so far. And again, only 22 years old. One of the player's youngest game, one of the youngest players in the game right now is hitting the crap out of the baseball. And at 22, the sky's the limit for C.J. Abrams. What's been most impressive is, again, his power. His power, I cannot get over. I'm really starting to believe as this guy has 10 home runs on the season, he could be a 20 home run guy down the line. Probably even more at this point, just from what he has showed. And when he gets a hold of these baseballs, these aren't 360-foot little wall scrapers. They're 400-foot plus bombs. And I think we've seen that now over the course of this season, that C.J. Abrams has a little bit more power than what you think. This offseason... He's going to have to bulk up in Major League Baseball. You're going to have to watch out for that kid. All right. Stock down. I don't like to do this. Stock down for Joey Manessis. Someone had to get a stock down. When you're talking about this Nationals team and what they have done over the last few weeks, they've been pretty good. But Joey Manessis, he has a 179 batting average over his last 28 at-bats, a 214 slug, only one RBI, and six strikeouts with that. Joey Manessis was one of the hottest hitters. As soon as that all-star break came, he kind of fell off just a little bit. And that's fine. That's kind of what you expect when you play every single day. And all of a sudden, you have a four or five game break. It's going to take a little bit of time to get adjusted, to get back into the swing of things. And I think that's really what Joey Manessis has to do. But when you're in that DH role, you need production. And what I need from you, this is my personal checkbox here that I have to figure out, he's got to hit for power. You have to hit for power, and I will give you a stock down every time you don't hit for power. And Joey Manessis, 
just hasn't done that. Again, a 214 slug as a designated hitter. I need more production from there. I need more than one run batted in over the course of a couple of games. Joey Manessis, no one should be concerned. He's still hitting the ball really well. He's still an above average major league hitter. But you got to be just a smidge better. Stock up. First baseman. Stud. Defensive first baseman. Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith, take the defense out of this. We all know that he's a great defender. I'm looking at Dominic Smith, the hitter, the first round pick at a high school, the first baseman. I don't need to talk about his defense. We all know his value over on that corner infield spot. But when you talk about at the plate, it's a completely different story. And he has 10 hits over his last 24 at-bats. And in those 10 hits, he's got seven runs batted in and as well as a 940 OPS. Dominic Smith is starting to turn a little corner here. And when I talk about Dominic Smith, I've never really considered him a trade asset come this deadline. But someone who's only 27, 28, 29 years old, still pretty young, former first round pick, he could be getting moved at this deadline. Now, do I think that's likely? Probably not too much. But again, what we have to see from Dominic Smith, I don't really care if we move him or not. He does have a value on this team. And when he hits, it's even better. It's an even bigger value that this team really needs with a young defensive shortstop and a defensive second baseman. And third base, who knows what's going to happen with J. Mayor Candelaria when he's out? Is it going to be Jake Alou? Is it going to be Carter Keeboom getting the call up? We'll just have to see from there. But then you're going to have to have a pretty solid first baseman because Carter Keeboom, we saw what he did at third base, was not too great in his cup of coffee in the major leagues over the last few seasons. But we'll just have to see when that comes. But Dominic Smith, the bat is hitting, and you'll see why it's valuable to this team because the Nationals just swept the San Francisco Giants for the first time in over two years. Again, unbelievable. Stock down for my guy, Amos Willingham. And listen, 24 years old, called up in a pinch, really flew through the minor leagues. This was kind of expected as soon as you get called up to the major leagues. Because so far, Amos has given up five home runs and eight and two-thirds innings pitch. He's got 11-4-2 ERA, and he's given up 15 hits in those eight and two-thirds. And listen, he's not the only one. This Nationals bullpen is not a good one right now. It's young. It's raw. And honestly, it's really injured as well. When you have Hunter Harvey and Carl Edwards Jr. who are out there, not out there meaning, and hurt. So when you have someone who's 24 years old, a 17th round pick coming in, flying through the minor leagues, you're going to get roughed up just a little bit. And he has done that so far, giving up a couple home runs here and there. And it just hasn't been his overall best performance. He's been put in a lot of high leverage situations in which I think he's probably a little too young to do that right now. Now it's good to throw someone in the fire, but it's also kind of bad when you're just leaving him out there to dry, which I think Davey Martinez has done quite a few times so far this season. But Amos, it's fine. It's going to get better. I still believe in the stuff. I think he's got an electric fastball. I think he's got good breaking pitches. And I think he still could be a very good bullpen arm for this team going forward. I just think we need to take it back a step, give him in some low leverage situations, let him get his feel, and then we can see him try to take off in the major leagues. Stock up. Backup catcher. Backup catcher. Backup catcher. 
Riley Adams. Over his last 83 at-bats, hear this out. And these numbers are really damn good. He is batting 289. He has an 886 OPS, four home runs, 11 RBIs, and he has been a much better catcher defensively than Kibar Ruiz. Riley Adams is starting to really turn my head around and say, this guy's going to have to get some more at-bats. This guy, just the catching itself, really good catcher, really good defensively. I think he calls a great game as well. And with what Kibar Ruiz, you've kind of seen some of the lackluster defense so far this season. Hasn't been that great. But Riley Adams, on the other hand, when he's filling in, when he's catching on Sundays or your regular day games, Riley Adams has been really good. And as he continues to get these opportunities up and coming, you're starting to really see this national development staff in the pro market and get guys to develop into be what we thought they could be. Because Riley Adams was never really considered to be a starting caliber type. But as he gets more at-bats, and again, over the last 83 at-bats, his numbers are 289 batting average. He has an 886 OPS. He's got a couple of bombs and 11 RBIs. And again, really good defense. Riley Adams is starting to turn heads. Do we trade him at this deadline? Do you kind of sell him high? Or do you just hold on to him? I would hold on to him, and I wouldn't even think about it, to be honest. Young, team control, someone who could be a nice, solid backup for years to come for Kibar Ruizzi. It's going to be an interesting thought, but at this moment in time, I don't think the Nationals should even consider trading him. Take calls on him all you want, but I'm not trading that guy. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals <clears throat> your first listen every day. The Nationals play the Rockies tonight at 7.05 Eastern Time. You can catch every pitch in the Nationals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And now... Let's get into a little Rockies Nationals preview as this Nationals team gets ready to face the worst team in the National League, National League West because we just swept the San Francisco Giants. I don't know about you guys. My expectations are pretty damn high. Let's preview that after this. And now let's get into this series preview as, again, the Nationals are taking on the Colorado Rockies. And at this moment in time, the Nationals have not announced a starting pitcher yet. I'm going to assume it's Patrick Corbin or Trevor Williams at this moment in time, but they haven't officially put it on the record as we are still exploring this series. But as we said, the Nationals just swept the San Francisco Giants. I have high expectations. I have high expectations for you to win this series and not only win, but to dominate this series. Now, the Nationals, they don't have the easiest of pitching matchups in tonight's game because you're going against Jake Bird, a former decent prospect for this Colorado Rockies team, someone who's been in an opener in this season for 2023, but he's been really good. A 403 ERA and only two starts, but 45 games. 58 innings pitched in total, a 138 whip. And again, here's the key to tonight's game. You're going to need to start off early. You're going to need to get this team going and really knock this guy around. Because as we said, he is a good opener. He's going to eat up a couple innings here. But what the Nationals have to do is they kind of have to get back into what they've done over the last few games. Play some small ball, steal some bags, go from first to third. Because that's something that we talked about and didn't really actually 
didn't really talk too much about, but this Nationals team over the last weekend, and what Lane Thomas did yesterday, four stolen bags, four stolen bags by the fourth inning. That is what the aggressiveness that we've been begging for all season long. We have been praying for this moment to come. This Nationals team and the speed that they have, they haven't really taken advantage of the speed that they have on their own roster. Meanwhile, you have teams running all over the Washington Nationals. But now it's a little different. You're starting to see what this Nationals team can be as they let guys like Lane Thomas run crazy, as they let C.J. Abrams run crazy. I want to see that with the Washington Nationals because when you have young-ish starting pitching like tonight, you take that and you run with it because that is something, again, this Nationals team has not done well over this season. They haven't. They have not been able to steal bases consistently the way that other teams have done. And I think as this Nationals team continues to mature and as this season continues to roll on, you should and we hope to see more competitive base running and having more aggressive sends. There's nothing to lose at this point. There's nothing. You lose a baseball game, that's cool. We've lost one every three games over the last two seasons. But you got to be more aggressive. And you have to put your young guys in positions to grow and learn and to make mistakes. Because I've always been a believer in the fact when you have a young team, you have to learn by making mistakes. And that's not any breaking news to anyone. But I also think it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of it when we just talk about development and really kind of being easy on guys. Like, oh, Mackenzie Gore, three innings pitch. He's bases loaded with two earned runs given up against Los Angeles Angels earlier this year. Let's pull him. Why would you pull someone like that? You want to see him go through that situation, especially so early on in the season, only at 70 pitches, I believe, when the Nationals pulled him at that moment. That was bad. I want to see development. I want to see these guys work through it. I don't necessarily care too much about an ERA or a batting average for a young player like that, like a Mackenzie Gore or a C.J. Abrams. I don't really care about that. They're young. They're developing. But what I want to see is have them take some risks. Go out there, live on the edge a little bit. I think that is what this Nationals team should be about moving forward, and that is when you'll start to see a ton of growth in which this Nationals team has done, like putting CJ up in the leadoff spot and see that development and that step that he has taken just from giving him that slight confidence boost leading off the Washington Nationals. The Nationals play the Rockies tonight. At 7.05 Eastern Time, you can catch every pitch of the Nationals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Nationals there. And again, thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first listen. Today was a fun show. The Nationals swept for the first time in over two years. And let me reiterate, the Oakland Athletics, one of the worst starts in Major League history this year, literally swept a team back in the spring. That's hard to do. That is a really hard thing to do. The Nationals finally got that off their back, and now it's time to play baseball, and it's time to develop. It's time to develop some of these rookies. Go Nationals. I'll catch you guys on the flip side in tomorrow's show. It'll be a fun one. Let's win. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast.